We don't have time for this. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we make this podcast, the Garigal and the Gairamangal people. We pay our respects to all First Nations elders, past, present and emerging. DLs, it's old news, but this is our opportunity to bring it up. Thank you for voting us Thanks, guys. into the top 10 Listener's Choice Award at the Australian Podcast Awards. Thanks, guys. It's a massive, massive deal. There are literally thousands yep. of podcasts and we are so honoured and feel really special that you put us there in really good company with a lot of other women. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, Life Uncut won for their third year in a row. Which is massive. It's huge for Three them. Three years and in a row. You know what? Shout out to them and their tribe of people. Yeah. They've done an excellent job there. They and have half a million listens a week. Is that true? Yeah. It's Good incredible. On them. Like That's they're epic. an incredible show and they're independent. Yes. And Taking Silver was Mamma Mia Out Loud. My personal favorite podcast. Yes. And they have a million yeah. plus subscribers so that's amazing and I don't know who came third Revzy Emsolation okay congratulations to them as well now we're in the top 10 a few DLs have slid in and asked us but we're in the top 10 yeah. they <laughs> how did we do they don't <laughs> Reveal it like that. They literally reveal in random order the top 10 and then they announce bronze, in silver. In alphabetical, actually, which is why we always appear at the 10th spot. Oh, is it alphabetical? Yeah, yeah. beyond the bump, B. Oh. And we, we don't have time for this. Yeah, okay, I didn't really think about yeah. that. There you go. What do you know? What do you know? Also, Revzy. <laughs> We, we should have been there. <laughs> we should have been there. Look, we failed our DLs because not yeah. only were we not at the event, we rallied everyone being like, guys, yeah. help us out, vote. Yeah. And then when it came to the night of the podcast awards, not only did we not <laughs> attend, but we also just weren't present on socials at all. <laughs> we're sorry. L- leaving you guys to swim around in the murky confusion yeah. of like, um, are Revs and Gem there? mad at us? <laughs> are they mad at us? Like, Something we said. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone know how they went? Like... It was a weird night. We were both really busy. Yeah. Um, We've had sickness and a yeah. bunch of other shit We've going down. We've been managing a lot blah, of things. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We, we should have been there and we should have showed up for you guys. And we'll, we've learned our lesson, actually. Yeah. So we're well, sorry we didn't keep in the loop, but yeah. we're really, really grateful that we you showed us that love. We're, the um, truth we're, of yeah. the matter is we didn't have time, <laughs> but we should make time yeah. and we will next time. Yeah, absolutely. But. Truly, from the bottom of our hearts, we're really grateful for you to even put us in the mix in the top 10 because that, for a small little podcast that could... Yeah, it's epic, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Should we start the episode? Yeah! We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the Gram, along with my co-host... Kate Reeves, hello. Honey pack. <laughs> DLs, I have to excuse my deep, deep voice. Mm. I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sick. And uh, hopefully by the time this episode... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Gem is where wow. I was two weeks ago. Yeah. And she's got two weeks ahead of her because mine lasted two weeks. So The joy. But There's uh, a two-week luggy going round. Look, I'm hoping that by the time this episode airs, I'll actually be well and truly on the mend. But who knows? No, you won't. You're going to have another week. My this. brain's a bit foggy. So if I'm not... But you sound sultry. Do I? Yeah, like a bit of a like... Remember phone sex? Yeah. Like, you can like dial up a sexy phone call. One three hundred tease me, <laughs> get amongst it. I feel like you could do it. So, got an update for you, Revzy, yeah. and the DLs. Okay. So, last week, everyone frothed at the chat of swingers. Yes, I think we're all a little bit pervy. We're yep. all a little bit curious, mm-hmm. and it's a conversation that's not often had. No, and I. And if you don't know, you don't know. Correct. Yeah, but there's this whole underworld. Gem has been our, sw- should we say swingers correspondent? Yes. Yep. So since the episode aired, we had a lot of DMs, a lot of chatter, a lot of interest from our personal network. So we don't often hear from our mates. Like, you know, we know they listen and they're very supportive and all that sort of things, but we don't often talk about the podcast. Gem and I had a lot of text messages the yes. morning, last Tuesday morning, being like, oh my God, was it this couple you were talking about? Am I the mer- couple like do you want to swing with me like all these guys I know and we've had like so basically it start kicked off a lot of convos it did and some very spicy dms very and I love we had one particular dl who came forward declared herself a swinger with her partner pre-kids and And? continues to swing post-kids and boy did I have a lot of questions oh my god got in a terrific back and forth chit chat with her educate yes i have so much to say about share this. your findings look i have a lot of learnings okay. because we all know once i get yeah yeah, yeah. hooked on a topic uh-huh. i dive deep i went down the youtube vortex oh, yeah there okay. are some very open and generous people on the interweb yeah who are happy to share their experiences so first of all i want to talk lingo and terminology fun yes so is that- upside down pineapples really a thing not according to our DL, okay. but YouTube begs to differ. Okay. So a few swingers, people, uh, couples on YouTube, and they all refer to the upside down pineapple. My feeling is that that's an American thing uh. and the upside down pineapple isn't identified in Australia. Okay. But terminology. So first of all, they very much call it the lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Of yes. And they differentiate between those who enjoy the lifestyle and everyone else who are non-swingers, you know how in Harry Potter they muggles. call muggles yeah. and then they've got, is it pure bloods? Mud bloods. Yeah. So people who are non-swingers who aren't involved in the lifestyle are called vanilla. Love it. <laughs> They're the vanilla folk, which I'm like, oh. So we're vanilla. Yes, yeah. we are vanilla. Setting. It's kind of a meh term. It's like smug. It's it, smug. It is smug. No one wants to be described as vanilla no. i sure as hell don't no. but th- but it's true we are currently vanilla currently. currently now the other terminology i love that they use is play cool yeah so it's this idea of like oh yeah you can play or you can find other couples who want to play there oh. are singles who want to play so i keep keep hearing this word idea of adult play esther which, perel would love that yes it makes sense to me because it is essentially a safe and secure playground for adult play love it now the other thing i learned from our dl and also youtube is this idea of key parties are apparently a bit of a myth oh, okay yeah it doesn't really exist this idea and actually if you really think about it like 
what couples are going to be okay with chucking their keys in a bowl and then you have sex with whoever keys you withdraw? Mm-hmm. Like you've got to be attracted to them. You've got oh, to want in. Yeah, and otherwise it's a bit problematic really, isn't Yeah, because imagine yeah, yeah, if you yeah. drew like Clive oh, and you're like, Clive. Oh, oh, I got partnered with Clive. Oh, this is going to be a shit oh, night, but I guess get I'll drunk. take one for the team. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, problematic. Yeah, so the beautiful thing about the swingers community <laughs> <Poor> is – Clive. <laughs> I don't know who Clive yes. is. you always call Iggy cautious Clive, so Freudian slip <laughs> that's so true i don't know why but clive he <laughs> doesn't sound like a good time well anyone called clive is is very in my opinion that they're like here vanilla we here we go and sensible vanilla and, clive yeah so actually vanilla clive wouldn't even be at a swingers party <laughs> i'm judging who do you want to draw what's his name channing channing as in <laughs> tatum yeah we want to draw channing <laughs> I'll also have a uh, Thor. What's his name? Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I'll take Chris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Look, some people don't find those kinds of people attractive. Yeah, it's not really my vibe. Anyway. Exactly. Everyone's different. Everyone's horses for courses. Yep. Now, what I learned is the beautiful thing about couples who engage in swinging is they have to be brilliant communicators ah. because – You have to set the boundaries and you both have to be comfortable. So one thing I noticed when diving into the world of YouTube is that these couples who talk about swinging, they pride themselves on being incredible communicators because they say jealousy pops up. We're not immune to those feelings. It's a very real and very human emotion. But the difference is, is we can identify it, work through it, work through our own insecurities and identify those, work past them for the greater good of the experience. Okay. I want to come back to the consent side of swinging. Yeah. So another thing I found fascinating is that men who participate in swinging are, according to our DL, who I spoke to, are almost more respectful Mm. than the average man Mm -hmm. because it's almost like they feel privileged. Oh, as they should. Yes. As they should. To be part of this world and this experience. So they're actually, what she told me when she's had sex with other men other than their partner, is they're almost more gentlemanly. Like, is it okay for me to do this? Yeah, because consent is a very, very big thing in the swinging world, as is protection. Mm. And what I learned is that some play with protection and then there are other people who play without. But if you live the lifestyle, Uh as they say, you get yourself tested every three months. And that's like your contribution to the community is you get tested quarterly to make sure you have no STDs for those who like to play bareback. So no protection. And she also said that, when you're in the swingers community as well, you see the same people. Yeah, so you become I'm like sure. like friends any community. With them. Yeah. yeah. DL also said that f- it's her preference to not swing with friends or people yeah. that she knows. Okay. But then once you're in the lifestyle yeah. and in the community, you actually end up becoming friends with these you people. But you develop met- preferences too, right? Like you, what if you were like, I hope I see Alex again. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's a degree of that. But the difference is they're all coming with the purpose for this escape. Like there's an understanding of like we love our partners and sorry, I know I'm jumping around, but I've got so much yeah, to say yeah. on this. But I think couples especially need deep security. Yeah, yeah. Because we talked about this, didn't yeah. we, about how it's risky. It's Because what if you risky. unlock something in someone? And I think there are two types of people who go into swinging in relationships and you have to make sure you're on the same page. Mm. There's people who are obviously dissatisfied, unhappy in their marriage, 
trying to fill a void or there's people who are so safe, secure, confident in their relationship that this is like a pleasure-seeking experience that both parties. For both of them. Like for people who like windsurfing. Yes, and yep. I think the most important thing is that everybody's on the same page yep. and it all starts with conversation. Of course. Yeah, so. It gives me butterflies in my tummy. It's, it's, I'm curious about yeah. it. I don't know if I'm like, yes, that'll be me one day, but I'm like, how fascinating, fascinating. that this world exists, yeah. this community exists, that if people are that way inclined, they can go and seek that out. And I learned that swinger clubs is the best place to start. Like a nightclub? Yes. Another thing I learned, they exist. They are unassuming. But how they set it up is the first floor, they're often like multi-leveled spaces, is designed to be like a bar. Like a nice okay. bougie bar. Okay. So there'll be a bar and maybe like yeah. a pool you're table. Not like, <laughs> you're not a single mum working two jobs or like someone with five kids at home. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, if, if you're into this world, you've got a level of privilege because you've got a little bit of leisure time on your hands. Well, I've learned is the membership is not that expensive. I know, but yes. by way of lifestyle. You've well, probably like got some lifestyle up your sleeve. Well, RDL, who I spoke to, has a young child. Okay. And she and her partner. One? One kid? One kid. Okay. From my understanding, actually, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's one or two. Okay. But young kids. Like, that's what surprised me. I was expecting her to have, like, tweens. Yeah, yeah. And then we've, like, stepped back into swinging. No, young. But... In the way that Hubs and I would say go on a date night to a restaurant, her and her partner would be like, should we hit the club? And okay, so imagine this floor that's got like a fancy bar and maybe like a pool table and then some cocktail tables. Is that what you call them? With stools. So the biggest misconception about swingers clubs is that everyone just rocks up naked and just instantly has orgies. No. So it's, it's, it's like a, a mood progression where everyone turns foreplay level (laughs) it is it is and people chat play pool and make small talk and then they might explore another floor where it's a room full of beds and what I've learned is that beds yes beds and some have sheer curtains around them or some have block out curtains around them so you can choose because there are some swingers this is what I've learned who actually have boundaries within their relationship where they can't hook up with anyone else, but they're exhibitionists where they enjoy or get off on people watching them have sex. So so they're the couple. Couple. So they're having sex with their actual partner. Yes. But they want other people to watch them. Yeah, or they like to catch feels off the atmosphere of hearing other people moaning and groaning. And that makes them feel sexy Yeah, or they'll like walk past a couple having sex on a bed or a guy going down a woman on a staircase or whatever and it gets them in the mood and they're like yes let's let's bang but But they don't look elsewhere but they don't play play with others yes yeah plays well with others yeah and interestingly I learned so swingers clubs are definitely designed for couples but it's not exclusive for couples it's inclusive of singles and single female swingers can join because that's some people's kinks they can be single, love a single lifestyle, but love to have sex with couples. Whoa. Men and women. But what I found really interesting is that for a woman to experience a swingers club who's single, it's like 50 bucks. But for a single male mm. to experience a swingers club, it's like $150. Yeah, because there needs to be a little bit of vetting. Yeah, capping. Yes. <laughs> and they do with men because otherwise why wouldn't you just go there? <laughs> That's exactly it. It's to, it's to stop men 
like creepy exactly so and they vet them heavily they have to be respectful and all that kind of stuff and everything's police like how do they vet they have a questionnaire okay they have a series of and it must be a little bit visual too yeah, I'm sure there's a degree of There's a of level that. of, like, profiling. Well, they have a duty of care. Like, yeah. people can be feel very vulnerable. And this is what our DL said in the DMs where she was like, there's an assumption in swingers clubs that women are the vulnerable ones. But she said, in my experience, men feel much more vulnerable, which oh. is what brings up that overly respectful, making sure they're not overstepping, checking in with women. And actually women feel fucking empowered. And they're almost, she said, the ones who are more like in control of the wow. experience, which I find really, really fucking cool. So, yeah, what a world. What else? What else? Well, then there's some. What's on the third floor? Well, there's some clubs <laughs> where there's like BDSM uh, okay, yeah. play. So there's for the, those kinds of people who like to be tied up or yeah. whipped or whatever your kink or jam is. But, yeah, I found that really interesting. And there's rules around all the curtains. So mm-hmm. you can have a closed off curtain where it sends a sign of we're at capacity <laughs> with our play group, essentially. Oh, so so no- it's not just two, like one on one. It can be three people, four it people. It can be three or four. And you might decide, no, this is our click and close the curtains around the bed. And then it's a sign that you're not welcome to join. But you might have sheer curtains closed around the bed where it's like, you're not welcome to join, but you're welcome to observe. The observing part blows my mind. Like, Revs, you and I could pay 50 bucks, go to a swingers club as single women and not partake and And just just observe. Yeah, you're allowed to just observe. Kind of want to do it. But then apparently everyone who goes to just observe gets hot and heavy and catches all the feels and then participates. I find it fascinating. Wow. Yes. So how regularly does our DL do this? Oh, you know what? I didn't ask her that and now I wish I did. Mm, I'd love like to know. quarterly, once a term. Well, <laughs> like a gym membership, there's membership statuses. Of course. So you could pay to attend once a month, but if you pay for the annual, it's like unlimited. You know what I mean? Like it's there's all different pricing How tiers. How do you even start to find them? Apparently, once you go looking, yeah, it's everywhere. You, they're everywhere. Yeah, right. yeah, and some of them are in suburban neighbourhoods, which blows my mind. Wow. Yeah, and then she said, you see the same sort of swingers and, yeah, develop a preference like you mentioned. So there must have been – are there rules about communication afterwards or can you remain anonymous? Because, like, my fear would be – here's my really vulnerable fear, right? If I went with my partner and he had a great time with someone and then they, like, what if they start texting? Mm. Do you know what I mean? What if they, like – or what if every time we go, he's always off with her? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, that would be my fear. Definitely. It's like, oh, he's formed a real connection and he now has his real preference and he wants to hang with her. Yeah. Or, or yeah, if there's a relationship that builds outside. Well, I'm going to answer this as if I'm an expert, but yeah. I'm 100% not. Yeah. Say if those were your real insecurities, then that suggests to me that you should have a conversation with your partner. And which that's is, the boundary. No texting, no getting names. That's the boundary. Yeah. Or you would consider going on a swingers holiday. Oh. Yeah. Where what's you, a swingers holiday? Well, this is another thing I learned is you could like go to a swingers hotel in Canada, for example. What? And then Yeah. And like. Canada, come through. Yeah. Come through <laughs> but yeah and experience oh, it for a Canada. week yeah. oh, Canada. <laughs> and have a week of pleasure and play with your partner and then leave and never have to see those people yeah, again we live in a 
easily stalkable world. Yeah, that's you true. You could find anyone. Yeah. Especially women. Give us half an hour on Instagram, we can find anyone. Yeah, and I guess that's the tricky part about this is yeah. that going back to that core secure feeling and communication in your relationship. Because if your relationship <sighs> is on the rocks, I think the worst thing you could do is mm. go to a swingers party to try and mend your connection oh. with your partner. Yeah. Go see a therapist. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- th- I don't think it will solve your problems. But there must be scenarios where... Partners talk and feel fully secure and then meet someone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure You can't it would. predict who you're going to fall for yeah. or what experience is going to come your way and mm. change you like mm. or shake you or crack something open. And you can't predict that. Yeah. you And I think part of being a, oh, my God, I'm so open to this life. This lifestyle sounds amazing and I get how this would be utterly fulfilling and exciting and thrilling for a lot of couples. For me, part of being a secure adult would be limiting my frame of reference so I wasn't constantly stimulated and attracted outside of what I've chosen for myself. Do you know Mm, what I mean? mm. Like, because I know I would enjoy it and I would like find it really exciting and fun and could chase a lot of different experiences. But I reckon I would form connections and because that's humans and that's how I relate, you know, like. Yeah. And so for me, it would be like, oh, this is risky to the relationship because Mm. I know myself and I know what I'm like with Mm. other human beings and I would probably, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's a personality type. Whereas my whole life I have been a chronic and serial monogamous. Yes. I'm a one-guy gal. Yeah. Whereas right now, like I'm not saying that I'm going to call up a swingers club tomorrow, like definitely not, but I'm curious enough and in my relationship with Hubs, I feel so confident and secure in what we have. We have the same vision and goals for our family, very, very long term, that I think I could feel like I could speak confidently on behalf of both of us that for us it would just be purely about experience. Yes, sensory experience. Sensory Sensory experience. (laughs) Sensory play. It's a sensory play group. It's Jim Baru. It's Blowjob Baru. <laughs> but this is the other thing as well, right, Rebs, is that you can appreciate an attractive man or an attractive woman. Yeah. But so many elements have to come together for you to, like, jump ship, you know? Oh, yeah, at yeah, yeah. Stage, to be in a relationship. To, at this yeah. stage of life that yeah. I that I don't feel it would come as easily as people think, oh, you're opening up yourself to x y and z it's like wow yes you are but like what does that mean what does that look like what's the practicality behind that Mm. do you really get to know someone at a swingers club in terms of what their values are and of course you don't don't get to meet their you know like there's a lot of layers but anyway i just part of relationship yes there's two parts of relationships so aren't there there's the parts we choose that we invest in that we work on that we dedicate ourselves to that we build our lives around right and that's very deliberate and very cerebral yeah and then there's the other part that is the magical bit Mm. that you can't control all the time which is just the way it makes you feel in your body yeah how you feel when you're with someone the hormones the attraction the unspeakable unexplainable part of and every relationship friendship work whatever has both parts 100p and it's not a new idea that you that the magical part could take you a really long way in one direction yeah you know before you get to the other part Mm. so i think you'd have to be so secure yes in the cerebral 
part of your relationship like you've described Absolutely. to even entertain those. Because otherwise, if that magical part had been dead for a long time, mm. you know, it could like really fuck you up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched one YouTube video where there was an English guy, mm-hmm. a bit of a ready. I feel like the Brits love it. I'm thinking of the Louis Theroux. <laughs> you are. Um, you totally doco are. for sure. Like, I haven't seen the Louis Theroux doco, but there was this like geeky British guy who like goes and observes a swingers club. And <laughs> he asked one of the, one of the questions he asked the owners of the club, because the owners of the club happened to be a couple. Okay. Who saw- that feels appropriate. appropriate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he asked the owner, dude, do you ever get insecure where, for example, you see a guy have sex with your wife and he's like got a bigger penis than you? Mm. How does that make you feel? And I was like, what a forward question, but also what a projection of your own yeah, yeah, insecurities. Yeah. Like I found that so really- So know what you're worried about. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and the guy said, oh no, I know guys dicks come in all shapes and forms but the beautiful thing about this lifestyle is there's this mutual understanding and acceptance of bodies of all types yeah that's cool and you see and he's like i find it amazing when i see women in a less conventional what you would call perfect or beautiful whatever body like owning it he's like that's sexy and and there's just no judgment and then he also said but if you have your own insecurities that's on you to work through them if you want to be part of this lifestyle wow what a community i know i found it really freeing yeah it's it's fascinating i think um it's so funny because we do this all the time and thinking about this a ton lately is like your own securities will lie to you so heavily, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then you can, so I can sit here and easily accept and know that I've been with men of many different body types, of many different personalities, with different hair colors and yeah, yeah. frames and whatever. And I, and like, I found them all differently attractive for different reasons, blah, blah, blah. But then you look at the person you're into and you're like, well, he clearly likes X. Am I X? And you can't like extend that acceptance of variety and well, it's just always different to the person you're into because of your own insecurity like gets in the way. Isn't this funny about this idea of types? Like, do you think people genuinely have a type? You have a type. Do I? Yes. Well, actually, sorry. Yeah, see? (laughs) No, 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 I'm calling bullshit on myself because your first marriage. (laughs) My first marriage, Is so different to your husband. Like, off, so I would say different. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But take him out yeah. and go everyone else and include your husband There's and you a have vibe. a type. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's interesting. So that was like a weird anomaly. And hey, maybe it shouldn't have gone there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I learned a lot from that relationship. Exactly. So I have no regrets. Exactly. But like, you've got, outside of that one major ex, you have a type. Yeah. Yeah. Do See, I my, have a type? My, uh, mm, you're a variety. Yeah. Now that I think of it. But what I love about you is like whoever you're with, (laughs) you lean so hard into that type and you start to tell yourself that, yes, this person's my type because of X, Y, and Z. And this is just classic Revs being queen enthusiast about whatever she's Uh, into in that moment. And I've come to know this about you and I just go, yeah, she's hard into this right now. (laughs) Not to say you're not, you know, in it with commitment for the long term but yeah you've you've got a blend I'm I'm thinking back there's a few people I'm thinking back to through your sexual history that I'm like wow that guy is so not today Rebs's type yeah you know what I mean uh-huh. 
Yeah, it's just fascinating. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Hmm. I don't know. Like if I were to think, what is my type now? I couldn't tell you. Well, it's your husband. No, it is. Oh, no, but I mean, like, if we're talking from a lust, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. take my husband out of it. Yeah. Like, my love for him is so deep. It runs so deep. He's, like, my best friend. Yeah. But if we were to talk from a lust perspective, like, mm. what would I find attractive? Like, I'm so basic. Like, it is your Channing Tatums and your Chris Hemsworth <laughs> types. I know, which I'm a bit like, what, Gem? You don't particularly love big muscly men am I just a cliche but then I I went through that Eddie Redmayne phase oh yeah you like a slender man I do you like a, a live James McAvoy yeah yeah you like a live bloke a, a what and a you, live and you like live yeah live and you like a European you do <gasps> you like depends. a Frenchman you like a Brit you like that kind of like it's your it's the euro in you yeah maybe you like a live European I like a caveman dad book. Hubs is not a live <laughs> European vibe. No, but he's though. live. Yeah, I he's dated lean. a caveman vibe once. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. time caveman yeah, yeah. vibe. Yeah. I don't Honestly, know. Anomaly, anyway, though. Anomaly. It's fascinating. It sure is. Attraction yeah. and pheromones oh, and all that shit. Like, so obsessed with it. Like, yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I'll never forget when Revs was deep in her hinge dating days and she would show me photos of guys that she was chatting to and she'd be like, how hot is he? And I'd be like... To you, <laughs> that's the thing about attraction. And that's all that matters. But like, how good? Yeah, thank God. I think it would be really full on if your best friend and you had the same type. Yeah. We know a pair of besties who had a massive friendship ending falling out because they just kept falling for the same type of guy. That's tricky. And it just became untenable mm. because it was like someone was always kind of getting hurt and like it was really full on. I'm so glad we have opposite types. Same. Because thank God we've never competed for a dude. No, we, we never have. Never, never, never. And and every time you've been into someone, I've been like, oh yeah, cool, that's great, good, good for good for you, happy for you. Yeah. And you're the same. You're like, oh right, wouldn't have. Okay, yeah, <laughs> go, go, yeah, go for it. Attraction is so very personal. It's just it's that magic part. Attraction. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You yeah. can't nail it down to a formula. It is pure cosmic energy yeah smells and all sorts of like weird things that make you attracted to someone it's totally. not and that but that's cool in the reverse because you're like someone's going to be attracted to me and it's not going to make sense and like i can't do anything or present any way i'm just going to be attractive to certain people P. it's cool and to bring it back to the swingers chat if i were to talk my concerns if i were to yes. enter the space my concern would be well what if i wasn't attracted to anyone to anyone mm. and then there was a guy showing interest or trying to advance uh. on me and I would have to have that awkward like oh no 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 you're reading me wrong like uh. I, I like no is there like a universal symbol yeah I don't know they do talk about having a safe word okay like really important to have a safe word that if something's too much or you're uncomfortable and interestingly the rule with a safe word is that it needs to be three syllables oh so that it can never be confused with another word. Like what? Cantaloupe. Well, for example, pineapple oh, yeah. is one. Just tropical fruit. Yeah. <laughs> tropical Passion fruit. fruit. Yeah. yeah. Papaya. <laughs> but yeah, the idea behind Why? it. Well, the idea behind it is that so it isn't confused, with easily confused with moaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How good. Yeah. God, you learnt a lot. Thank you, Swingers Correspondent. That's okay. Happy to be the correspondent. Not going to be the experienced person just yet. Just yet. I kind of want to go. Should we go? Well, part of me wants to be a voyeur, you yeah. know? Like I'm I'm intrigued. But you couldn't play. 
No, no, no. But I go with my correspondent hat on, yeah. like going. I'm researching. You wear one this. of those like um, 1950s journalist hats with like little piece yeah. of paper in the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not here to play. I'm just here to observe. But yeah, fascinating. Do you know what the other insecurity I think I would have, which I think this would offend hubs a little bit, but if I was to go out there and play amongst the swingers community, I'd suddenly become aware of my personal grooming. And I've been married now for seven years. Right. And he'd be like, why don't you do this for For me? me. Yeah. (laughs) It's like when people renovate or touch up their house for sale. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, why didn't we paint that room we've been renovating herself? Yeah. For the marketplace. You can talk from experience, like post divorce. Yep. Back on the scene, yeah. I have never seen you exercise so much self-care as you did in those dating days. Self-care, let's call it what it is, personal augmentation. Yes. You know, your hair laser removal, your Botox, yeah. your tanning, whatever yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. all the things. All the things. I feel like that pressure. Yeah, it would get to you. It would, su- I well, would not su- get to you, but it would be part, it might be part of the excitement because mm. I know you call it like, you know, your personal grooming. It's like, it's part of the experience of that moment in time. Like I didn't find it a burden to like take care of myself no. again. I was, it was more like, oh, I'm dating. I'm like attractive. I'm out there. I'm meeting yeah, people. Yeah. Like You're it's peacocking fun. again. You're peacocking yeah. it. It's, it's not a burden. No. And it's like, it's and, fun. And honestly, in our early twenties, it's what we did every weekend. Yeah. And it and was in fun. Our teens, it was like, Fun. Get your yeah. hair done or whatever. It's exactly the same. And to feel good about yourself, yeah. to force yourself into this space. What makes me feel good so I can confidently go out there? Exactly. It's all just armor for I the world. It really humans. is. <laughs> it is fascinating. Now, something I mentioned previously about being married seven years. Do you know what I did this week? What did you do? I forgot my anniversary. Babe. I know. And he didn't give you a little head cheeky heads up. Oh, do you want to know what Hubs did? So we sleep in separate beds, mm-hmm. but in the mornings, one of us climbs into the other's bed and we have a morning snuggle. It's really lovely. And for whatever reason on this particular morning, our kids slept in. Uh, and by sleep in, I mean they woke up at 6.30 and not 5.30. Yeah, yeah. So at 6 a.m. Yeah, exactly. In inverted commas. At 6 a.m., Hubs came into my room and came in and had a little snuggle and we were spooning. And he goes to me, what day is it on Thursday? Now, this was a Tuesday. Okay. Okay. So Tuesday morning, he goes, what day is it on Thursday? And I instantly went, oh my God, it's our anniversary month. It's our anniversary. And I went, our anniversary? And he goes, are we doing gifts or cards this year? Oh my God. And I was like. He trapped you. He trapped me so hard, Revs. I was like, "Um, well, we never do gifts, but we always do beautiful cards. And he's like, yeah, yeah what's the date on Thursday, Jem? And I went... At this point, did you tweet? No, <laughs> I didn't. I went the 22nd. I was like, I always remember the date. And he goes, nah, babe, Thursday's the 24th. And I went, is today the 22nd? He's like, yeah, babe, today's our anniversary. He's like... Seven I, year itch. <laughs> I knew you would forget. I was like, I'm the worst. Oh my God, I'm so... I felt so bad so bad I'm shaking my head yeah and then after that he pulled out this beautiful handwritten card just to like bring me to further shame and then on top of that he goes oh and I've organized care for the kids tonight and I've booked a restaurant so six o'clock we're going to this place I was like you (laughs) bitch I'm fucking proud of him it's important to it's important Mm. I've come to learn in my life 
it is important to celebrate these milestones. It yep. is important to celebrate birthdays. It's important to take stock on anniversaries. This stuff, like what does it all mean if we don't take time for these special things? Exactly. And do you know what? It was hot. Yeah. I found it sexy. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he just took charge oh, of this. And yes. You know what was the best thing Hubs did as well? Was he didn't dwell on the fact I forgot at all. He didn't yeah. like make me pay for it or bring it up a million times over that yeah, day. He's an adult. He's an adult. <laughs> but instead, what he did, bless him, was he was like, you know what? It's okay that you forgot four years in a row. Did I mention this detail? <laughs> no. This is the fourth year I've forgotten that anniversary. Oh, I know, it's an embarrassing thing. Put it trend. in your fucking iCal and put an alert on. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But anyway, something That's about... That's what you're doing wrong. <laughs> look, something about this time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That time escapes me and there's a level of busyness. Do you feel it energetically? Everything just yep. drives up a notch. Oh, it's cooked. If you're picking your wedding date now, I highly recommend April. I agree. Lovely time. Seriously, <laughs> November is busy. It's stressful. It's like the lead up to Christmas. Everything's mad. Like you can feel it online on socials. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Cyber Monday yeah, and yeah, sales yeah. and yeah. Christmas shopping and get togethers and work Christmas parties. And like it's, it's relentless. And that's what I'm caught in. And not only that. I'm also aware of the fact that it's like daycare re-enrollment forms, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. Hubs was really good. He acknowledged, it's okay, babe, you carry a lot of the mental load. Like, I can handle this. And I'm like, I love you. Yeah. I don't deserve you. Anyway. You do deserve him. I do deserve him. But, yes. Um, um, if men knew the power <laughs> in, hey, babe, pick you up at seven, I've booked a restaurant. If they knew the power yeah. in not just being like, I don't know, what do you want to do? Like, if they knew. Yeah, it's hot. How powerful, sexy, what a turn on, how exciting, yeah. the relief. Yes. The, just the, the up, absolute romance yes. in that gesture that yeah. is not hard to do. If mm. they knew, mm. I mean, they well, could I, own the world. I think Cubs they learned. Already. I know. But he did. He learned from that experience. He was like, oh, yeah. Okay, I can take into charge. It. I can yeah, take charge. Yeah. Anyway, do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time I for? I feel like I've done a lot of talking today, but I've got, right. I've got a lot on my hey, mind. it's a jam ep. We're good <laughs> with it. It happens. We have RevZep all the time. Okay. RevZep sounds like a Rev disease. Zep. It does. Oh, she's got RevZep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do not have time for our disastrous first guests at Yo Cabba Cabba. Airbnb hell. Now, I haven't heard this story deliberately because we've been saving it for this moment. I want to live react. What the fuck happened? Do you know what? There'll be some people out there who will feel some schadenfreude. And they'll be like, yeah, fuck you, Gemma Peanut. Like, you deserve to have shitty first guests at Yo Cabba Cabba. Okay, this took a turn. It did take a turn. But anyway, for context, very excited that we had our first guests booked in to stay at Yo Cabba Cabba. Now, we've had people book over New Year's, over Jan, over Feb, over March, but I was particularly excited about the first people to use the cutlery, you know, because everything is brand new. So they booked for two nights over a weekend. (sighs) So they stay over on the Friday night. At three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday... I get a text from my neighbour, my lovely neighbour who I've got to know because I wanted to make sure that she felt she and her partner and their kids felt safe and secure living next door to an Airbnb. Now, she said, hey, Jem, I didn't want to text you, but basically... Did your stomach just uh, fall? Instantly, I was like, no, these are the first guests. I wanted to instill confidence in my neighbours that this was going to be okay for them. 
because I explained to them, sorry, I will get back to the text, but I explained to them that we have very firm house rules. They're not like hidden in the fine print. They get emailed to guests and texted. Yeah. So to make sure they read the house rules. And part of the house rules, we make very clear mention that we really care about our neighbours and that noise needs to be kept to a minimum at a certain time and blah, 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 blah. And if you breach this or that, like if you're a festival goer, this is not the Airbnb for you. Like you can't have house parties. Like yep. obviously you can go away with friends and entertain all that stuff. But you know you know what I mean by yeah, house I mean. party. Yeah. Anyway, that first group of guests partied with loud music till 3 a.m. Uh, and they then kids with them? No kids. Uh. And then according to my neighbours, continued to talk loudly. Now we know that drunken uh, banter. potentially bags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> till 5 a.m. Uh, yeah, bags. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, yo, Cabba. Cabba. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. I, so I have a property oh, manager for no. Yo Cabba Cabba. She's incredible. She's the one who's managing everything to do with the property down to the nightly rates, blah, blah, blah. So I screenshotted my neighbor's text and I sent it straight to my property manager. And I was like, help. I know it's a Saturday. I'm sorry to text you this, but we've got to deal with this. Yeah. Now, this is how good my property manager is. Within 15 minutes of me sending that text, she replies saying, hey, Jem. The guests have been evicted and they're leaving within the hour. I know. Revs has got a shock. Yeah, it was a like, I was like, oh, we're not even going to chat. Like she just took charge. And I wrote back going, oh, really? Okay. Is that protocol? And she said to me, trust me from experience, even if I tell them not to party tonight, they will. Something I didn't mention was my neighbor said, I didn't want to text you, but it's now three o'clock in the afternoon. This is on Saturday. Oh, and they'd started And again. they've turned up the music yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. The and yeah, she yeah, said yeah. they're ready for round two. And I just don't know if I can do another night of no oh, sleep. Yeah, that God. was the vibe. I didn't oh, mention that. Fuck. So have you sent like a flowers or something to your neighbor? I haven't, oh. but I probably should. Yeah, Christmas present for her. <laughs> to be honest, I need to send flowers to my property manager because so she texted me saying they've been evicted. They'll be gone within the hour. I'm on my way to the house now to make sure they Whoa, leave. Now this is on that's her a lot. That's on her Saturday. So she is that went safe. Like what if well, you're aggressive? I said to her, Can you text me when you get to the house? Yeah. So oh, Jim, this is a lot to take on. Oh, look, it's just apparently I've spoken to heaps of other people who run Airbnbs and they were like, Look, this is a rite of passage. It's unfortunate. That, that it was it's your, your first. very first guess, but this gem, this isn't the norm. Okay, like it's not. But a, it does happen. It does happen. But I had friends go on my Airbnb listing and they're like, no, the house rules are clear as day. So you're an idiot for booking the house and throwing a house party. Oh. So our property manager went over to the house. And so first of all, the people who booked it said that they were a party of six, three couples, looking for a relaxing weekend away because my property manager's job is to heavily vet mm-hmm. through Airbnb who stays to avoid this exact situation. She got to the house and there were 10 20 something year olds. Oh. Yeah. So they lied. <gasps> they complete they made it sound like they were in their like mid to late three 30s, couples. three couples just, you know, have some wine and cheese in the night and probably turn in by 10 p.m., you know, which is what we would all do, right? Cuz we've all got kids and we're all tired. But no, it was 
early 20-something-year-olds, 10 of them. Because it sleeps 10. Now, if you divide the property price by 10, it's super affordable. There's something to think about. I know. (laughs) But then you don't want to make it too expensive that families can't enjoy it. And that's who we designed it for is for families to enjoy it. So there you go. They lied on their application and this is how we found ourselves here. Now, when Jane and my property manager got to the house, she said they were all in the living room. And I said, were you met with any hostility? And she said, no, not at all. In right. fact, they were super apologetic. And when I said you're being evicted, they were like, and here are the house rules and all the things that you breached. Yeah. They were like, yeah, fair enough. We can't dispute it. Yeah, they were very accepting. And wow. she said they even took every single towel that they used and put it in the laundry, like ready for washing. Like she said, they were actually, I think just good kids who just really wanted to blow off some steam. Yeah. To have a good time. And we've all been in our early twenties. Exactly. Like we know that vibe. But the funny thing she did say was when she said, all right, guys, it's, it's time to leave. Have you got somewhere else to stay tonight? Cause as I mentioned, they were supposed to stay two nights and they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We found somewhere in Byron. And she was like, great. You're much more suited to Byron. Byron is your vibe. You guys are here to party. Go to Byron. Two of the guys at the house were like on the couch and they were like, uh, I, I, I can't even freaking drive to Byron. Like I'm still sobering up. And she was like, still sobering up. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. You guys really did pull an all nighter. Oh and she said, well, you can sober up on the curb. You're not sobering up in the house. Out you go. And, oh, wow. and it was like herding kids like out of the house. So any damage or anything? She said there was no damage. Okay, So just partying. Just damage to my neighbor's eardrums. Uh, and your goodwill. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Look, I the good thing was, was as soon as my neighbor messaged me about it, I responded within minutes. Yeah. And I said to her, this is unacceptable. Just to let you know, they've been evicted. They're leaving within the hour. And she wrote back saying, thank you for being so responsive. I really didn't want to message you. And I s- replied straight away and said, no, you guys yeah, yeah, they matter yeah. more to us yeah. than any Airbnb Absolutely. guests. Like at the end of the day. It's just being neighborly. It is being neighborly. And also this house ultimately, and I know I've said this before, I'll say it again, but this is our holiday home first, yeah. Airbnb second. So we plan on spending a ton of time up there yeah. and it's not in our interest yeah. to piss our neighbors off. No. Like it just isn't. We want a strong relationship with them. So, yeah, I had yeah. to well, well done. iron that one out. Well Fuck. done, Rose. Where do you find an Airbnb property manager? Sounds amazing. Okay. How do people do it without one? Right? Yeah. I guess you have to live locally. Yeah, right. Okay. So that you can easily deal with any situation. So we live in Sydney. Yo Cabba Cabba is a 10-hour drive away. Like yeah. there was, there's no way you that we could. can't go evict 10, 20-year-olds. No, and we can't manage it, the property for a fire. Like if something <sighs> breaks, you know, you Sounds need to like be there. very hard. Well, that's it. This is why you have a property manager. Right. And, sh- and our property manager is worth her weight in frigging gold. So what, do they just take a commission? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, they right. take a percentage of every booking. Okay. But she manages the cleaner schedule, wow. the bookings, the back and forth conversation, 24-hour customer care. Like, wow. she's incredible. Do you know how I found her? No. I did a shout out on Instagram saying. Wow. Oh, yeah, I remember. Do you remember? Yeah, Ages yeah. ago I said, hey, does anyone know of any Airbnb property managers in the Cabarita Tweed Head area? And her name kept popping up. Yeah, there were a few okay. others that popped up as well. But the people who talked about her were very passionate. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you well, know, sounds like she's an absolute um, like, yeah. amazing at her job. I spoke to a couple of property managers and I felt like 
she was the most personable. She really seemed to care. And I was like, you know what? The, the business is yours. Yeah, like, great. You can have it. Oh, she's proved that. Woo. She sure has. Been. Oh, babe. Oh, I hope your second. What's coming next? So we've had our second oh, okay. since then. And they were a young family with a baby okay. and all good. All good in the hood. Okay. They're the kinds of people we want. Look, I'm not trying to be exclusive and not inclusive, but the house is not for party goers. Look, we've all lied to get a hens party or a schoolies thing in a house. I did it for my sister's hens. Did you? I was like, it's a 30th lunch. And, you know, people were talking till 5 a.m. And yeah. uh, <laughs> you didn't get evicted, though. Well, we were only there for one night. But, yeah, look, yeah. it happens and you, you don't want it in your place. So. Definitely not. Oh, babe. Oh, rite of passage yeah. experience. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's par for the course. Do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? I want to talk about irritability and parenting. Okay, something we can all very heavily relate to. Yeah, and I think depending on your own sense of self, you can be really hard on yourself, right, Mm -hmm. when you're irritable to your kids. So I recalled something this week and I wanted to share it because I thought it could be useful. I used to live in an apartment in another part of Sydney and there was a woman, a single mum, next to me with two kids. I remember. And she had a bathroom window that weirdly opened onto my balcony. That sounds really strange, but it was a weird art deco old. You had a central courtyard. There was like a central courtyard and then like the buildings kind of wrapped around it. and Like her, in a horseshoe shape. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Anyway, her bathroom window opened onto my little, little balcony. So I would be sitting out there child-free having a coffee or whatever and I would hear her talk to her kids and I would judge her because she was snappy, irritable. I would have thought mean and aggressive she was saying things to them that, like, I'd never heard a mother say, you know. Fascinating. And I remember even talking to my downstairs neighbor and being like, oh, I'm really worried about those kids in there. <gasps> like, you know, she's so irritable. She really snaps at them, blah, blah, blah. She says this, she says that. And I recalled that because I myself was really irritated yeah. because I had work stuff going on. I was sick. Um, I had a lot of things happening at once and my kids were just in that. They really needed to get out and I hadn't taken them out and it was like 11 a.m. They were climbing the wall. You know, all perfect storm. We all know this situation where you just feel really trapped and over it. It was my long weekend, so I'd had them for like five days on my own and I was at my limit, right? Like I'd hit capacity and I was talking to them and I kind of, I don't know what triggered it for me, but I zoomed out and I was remi- I was actually in my bathroom as yeah. well and I was reminded of how I used to judge that woman who lived next to me and how she would talk to her kids and I was talking to my kids in the same way. With the same tone. With the same tone and I was just like, huh. God, we think we know everything before we're there. And I was just like trying to remind myself of people ahead of me or at other stages of life or navigating things I haven't yet to navigate that you don't know shit. You don't know how you would be. And just to fucking, you know, the usual same old lesson, but just be nice and kind and extend empathy and try not to judge where someone is because you just don't know what is going on. Yeah. And it's just so easy to make judgment calls from a comfortable, settled place. But there is such a smugness to pre-kid life. Yeah, but this could you could apply this to almost anything, you know? Like how often do we do it? We look around at other women particularly, but any people. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm the first one to lay shit on the boomers Mm. for their their behaviour or their 
attitudes towards things. I don't know what I'm going to be like in my 60s. Like maybe I'll be exactly the fucking same. Yeah. Anyway, it was just a humbling observation of mine that I was like, I'm going to pop that in my notes and share that on the podcast. I love that. Because I don't have time for like 25-year-old me with her smug judgment of that mum next door. And that mum next door had no idea I judged her because I never actually looked her in the face and had a conversation. But And do you know what you probably needn't have? Yeah, yeah It's totally. a bit like trolls online. Think it, don't write it. Think it, don't, don't write say it. it. But like, I'm just, you know, I hope she's good now. <laughs> is you know what I'm thinking? This conversation, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Yeah. I thought you were going to catch yourself saying the same things as she said in that tone and check yourself oh. and be like, oh my God, I've become I've that become mother. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. what I love is that instead you've gone, I fucking get it. Yeah. I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. I that get it irritableness. Now. And I needn't have worried about her fucking kids. Like what a concern troll thing to think, you know, like my kids are the most loved. Yep. Safe. Safe. Warm bed. Supported. Yep like hyped kids in town you know but like yeah sometimes they get an irritable mum who's at the end of her fucking tether yeah and two things can be true absolutely and i'm sure that those kids who are probably now in their late teens are absolutely fine yes and yeah it really didn't need my fucking take on it you know those those kids life and her life didn't need my hot take Speaking of irritable, I had a full-on standoff with Raph last night. She was in one of those moods, but I was in one of those moods. Like, as you can hear on the podcast. Oh, no. Every time she tries to tell you she's sick. It's story checks. Yeah, story checks. So I'm unwell. Something I haven't even got, got into is we no longer have an au pair. We haven't for two weeks. Um, <laughs> Story coming soon. Oh, look, when I can find that energy and the time, and also I'm still trying to process yeah, yeah. everything, but yeah, uh, experience with our au pair did not go how I hoped. And yeah, we had. We Jen ha- will return to us with some wisdom when she's figured out uh, how it all went, where how it went. Yes. So <laughs> we let her go. And for the last two weeks, I'm now back in that place of. Every daycare drop off, but every- with a renewed perspective. Yes, renewed. Would you say yes, yes. absolutely. And um, I haven't given up entirely on au pairs completely, but right now I'm just back to full on parenting. And this is how I've ended up at back at my wits end yeah. because everything's feeling like a struggle and a fight every morning trying to get the kids out the door on my own and to daycare. Uh, so I was in a standoff with Rafa. She's got a lot of language now. She knows how to hit me where it hurts. And it's so hard for me to say this, but she said, I hate my mummy. Yeah. I w- I'll let you finish. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish. Look, <laughs> it gives me pause. Even repeating it, my heart breaks. It felt so teenage. I hate my mummy. I've never heard her say the word hate. So straight away I said, That's not a nice word, Rafa, and that really hurts my heart that you say that. I don't like you saying the word hate. And then she went on to say, I'm going to find another family. (laughs) I couldn't even tell you what we were having a standoff over. It would have been like dinner or her not wanting to have a bath or something. And so my really mature response to her saying, I'm going to find another Can family was, yeah. Off you go then. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Classic gem. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> off you go then. Go and find another family. It disarmed her because she was like, okay, but no one's allowed to have my room. And I said, well, 
<laughs> I know. Isn't it funny? The scope of their world and what's important to them. And you're not coming to my party. Yeah. It was in the vein of that. And I said to her, well, yeah, but Rafa, if you're not a part of our family anymore, then you don't get to keep your room. Like that room will go to someone else who wants to be a part of this family. <laughs> And, and she was like, the manipulation. Then, but the the best thing was, look, I realize I should have handled this totally differently. Like gentle parenting peeps are going to rage at me. But she goes, but I won't be able to carry all of my snugglies. Now her snugglies are her soft toys, which who are so important to her. And I said, well, that's okay. I can help you carry them. <laughs> That's fine. I've got a big Ikea bag here I can give you. <laughs> Off your trot. I was just trying to call her bluff. And then it didn't take long for her to go, no, mummy, I want to stay in our family. And then she had the audacity to say, mummy, me, Iggy and daddy will stay in this family and you can find yeah, another where'd family. Yeah, where she learn that kind of yeah. manipulation? Yeah, from me. Look, yeah. it wasn't my best parenting moment, as I said. <laughs> I was at my wit's end. I was armed with no tools in that moment. I couldn't draw on anything Do mature. Do you want one? Yes. All right. So Teddy does this to me. <sighs> Isla used to do it to me. She wouldn't dare now. Her heart would literally shatter in front of me if she hurt me. I hate you. I don't want you to be my mum. I want Janma to be my mum. That's the, way, that's the way he hurts me. Yeah. So for Janma's context, my mum. Janma is Rebs' mum. And do you know what I say? What? That's okay, Ted. I still love you. Talk about disarming. First of all, utterly disarm. He's like, well, I, well, I, I hate you still. I'm like, that's okay, Ted. I still love you. Because yeah. it does two things, yeah. right? Like it tells them like you can be a little dick. And I'll still love you. Can you can be an asshole. Yeah. And I still love you. But it also is disarming because it's like, I'm not playing this game. Yeah. You did the opposite. You're like, two can tango. Mm. You know, like mm. it's really disarming and it te- it's a t- teaching lesson. So there you go. There's you a know tool what? for you. I, I really needed that. And. I have used that every time Rafa tells me I'm not invited to her birthday party ever. I love how she chucks ever, ever on. Well, you're Infinity. not. You're not invited to my birthday party ever yeah. again. And then my you're like, who's gonna call the birthday fairy? <laughs> That's what I want to say. But I've been handling that you think one. Daddy's gonna do it. Daddy got the wrong day. <laughs> No, daddy's more on top of dates than me. We've learned true, from true, this episode. True, true. But I did respond to that one with, "That's okay." That's okay. Yeah. If you don't want to invite me, that's fine. No one's forcing you. Yeah. In fact, mummy will go to Pilates. <laughs> With Have a great pleasure. Time. <laughs> With pleasure. Have a great time. It's so funny. Like, you know, I'm, um, it's no secret. I have this beautiful new boyfriend. I'm like falling in love. It's all very magical. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, mm, romance. And then I go and sit at the park with my kids and I see kids Rafa's age or I see a two-year-old absolutely kicking off, not letting her parent pick her up, screaming, kicking, kicking everyone in the face, taking her clothes off, running around. And I'm like, I don't want another baby. I'm good. <laughs> I'm so good. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful. <laughs> like so happy to be where I am. Put the love aside. It can be its own thing. Babies are shit. Yeah. <laughs> look, I love that you, as a mother with children of your own, looks to other children in earlier stages of life and go, contraception. Yeah. Right there. Yep. Shut it down. Shut it down. I'm good. Hit me with your not spawn. Have I got a not spawn for you? Hey, you didn't even comment on my like, Disney melisma. Okay, that was beautiful Disney melisma. Well done, Rebs. <laughs> Gorgeous timber too. Hit, hit me with your not spawn. Okay, my not spawn this week is a freebie if you have a Netflix account. Hey. Yep. 
I'm going to recommend a film. If you don't, Gem's password is. <laughs> <laughs> We're at capacity. We're on every device. Soz, guys. The Good Nurse. Ooh, Revs is looking at me perplexed. She has not seen it. Not The Good Mum. The Good Nurse. The Good Nurse. Yeah, it's is a it film old? on Netflix. No, new. Oh, okay. Very new. It stars Eddie Redmayne and <laughs> your mate. Yeah, my mate Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain. Oh, two beautiful redheads. Powerhouse Oscar nominated slash Oscar winners. Okay, I'm going to give you the brief top end rundown of it because I think you have to watch it. It is a beautifully restrained character driven film. It's a little bit slow at the start, but I promise it's worth the commitment. Give us the Reader's Digest. Blur. Okay, the Reader's Digest is. It's a true story. We love a true story about a nurse, a male nurse, who was deliberately killing his patients Ugh. over the course of 15 years. I assume that's Eddie Redmayne. Yep. He loves to be a psycho. Yes. And Jessica Chastain plays the nurse who was part of the investigation to his downfall, Whoa. basically. Oh, and I'm in, I'm in. And it follows essentially the last 18 months of his crime. Oh. Yep. And then getting him behind bars. True story. Crazy, crazy story. But what I love about it most is that the film doesn't glorify the murderer in any way, shape or form. It's actually through the lens of Jessica Chastain's character because what was so interesting about this dynamic and relationship is that they were dear friends. Ugh. And then when it when it was brought to her attention that he was the cause of all these unexpected hospital deaths, she couldn't unsee it. And then she became obsessed with finding out the truth. And she does. And she plays a major role in the investigation. And it is a true story. And it's, I say this in the nicest way possible, but fuck, this is another America is so fucked up Mm. story, you know, like it's, it's wild. Anyway, the good nurse, check it out. It's, Fuck, it's a good film. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. Hit me with your nuts, spawn. Dulcet tones. I can't. Of the Hit sticky. me with your nuts, spawn. Okay, mine's really simple. Um, It's Cotton On Bike Shorts. Oh, Cotton On is really getting sung out by us lately, but they're so good. Seriously, they're so good. I'll give you the exact name because they have a few. And I'll also chuck a link up on Instagram. Show me, show me, Rebsy. I'm trying to find them. I'm trying to find I've got one pair of bike shorts from Cotton On and they are my fave. I wonder if they're the same. Let's have a look. Do you know what? I said there's a particular one, but I've actually got two different styles. Oh, amazing. So maybe it's just all their bike shorts, to be honest. Yeah. But the ones I've been rocking are the seamless rib bike shorts. Oh, I have those. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. They're really thick. They're yeah. almost like a knitted vibe. They really support you. Mm. I'll send you the link as promised. Do you know what I like about them is the length. Yeah, they're, they're not too long, no. but they're not short shorts. Yes. They're that perfect, perfect in between. Spot. And that's weird because we have vastly different pins. And yet somehow and they, yet somehow work, they on work on both of us. So that's good. Also love the tummy band. Yeah. My butt looks juicy. Love it. Like love them. Um, we'll definitely link them in the show notes. Yeah, I've got – we say that every week and then we never do and I'm so sorry. They're awesome and they've got matching crops. Oh, cute. Which Have I'm you tried loved. the crops? Yeah, so I've never been like a crop matching my no. activewear bottoms. But now that I'm wearing all these dad shirts. <gasps> so you wear open? Uh, yeah, open or just like or one just a button, peekaboo. Whatever. Yeah. Like I've been doing the matching set with like a big shirt. Cute. It's like the mum uniform. I love it. A little bit sexy but like super comfy. And you know what? We're early enough in the season that if you get into this vibe, this mum uniform, yeah. you'll get good wear out of totally. it for the rest of summer. Also, like, 
I think today is probably the end of the cyber of whatever's, but they're like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. But I also have like a really buttery, not ribbed version of just their classic yep. cotton on body bike short. Mm-hmm. Very, very good as well. Well done, Cotton On Bar. Yeah, they've nailed it. They've really nailed it. I feel like they've taken a few famous styles from other brands and hacked it and made a $20 version, which, you know, it's questionable. But for us, great. Get five pairs. (laughs) I like the chocolate brown. I have the chocolate brown too. So good. we're twins. Twinning. What's new? All right. Well, that's enough yabba yabba. In your ears. Yo yabba yabba. yabba. In your ears today, guys. We hope you have a lovely week ahead. We'll be back on Friday. We sure will. With a dilemma. Also, hey, listen, I didn't tell Jim I was going to say this, but we are starting to plan a potential live event. Is that right? For next year. 2023. Maybe a little bit of a tour. Tour. <laughs> so Aussie. And we need to know where we're going. Where did the DLs want us to go? Yes, Canberra, we hear you. You're the loudest. We know we're coming to Canberra. Where else do we need to go? I thought our lo- loudest DLs were Brisbane. but Second loudest. Okay. The, no one is, can stifle those Canberrans. Yeah. They really want us to come. No one ever comes to see them. And we've, ah, we've said we will. Okay. And there's lots of them there. So Amazing. We're going to Canberra. Where else do we need to go? Facebook. You know what, Revs? I think we need to... Do some sort of poll, centralise all of this information because yes. people go, okay, shall I just slide into your DMs? We can't do a poll because there aren't enough little options. Facebook. Okay. The Facebook group. No, Facebook, you can do lots of you polls. You can do lots. All yeah. right, Facebook. All right. If you're not in Look, your face, And we know we've done this before, but then like COVID cock blocked the whole thing. So we need to do it again. Okay. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Get in there. Guys. Get in there. It's just facebook.com slash we don't have time for this. That's it. <laughs> it feels like you're talking to boomers. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's facebook.com slash groups slash we don't have time for this. Oh, there you, you go. Got to remember the groups. Glad you clarified that. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, let's get out of their ears. Love you. One of these days we'll, we'll have, have an outro to our podcast. Oh, you've changed a note there. It's well, just like evolved. My voice now is, it's a new, yeah, who am it, I yeah, right now? Okay, shut it down.